Welcome to another episode of Adding Context, a podcast of compelling conversations centered on advancing and enhancing the human experience. I am your host, Michael Bollins. Welcome back to another episode of Adding Context. Today I'm speaking to John Justy. John, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi there. Uh, John Justy here. I coach wrestling. I teach language arts. Uh, just turned 30. Got a three-year-old son. A uh, lot, lot going on these days. Um, living through COVID, teaching through COVID, uh, taking an RV trip with my family through COVID. Got <laughs> a lot we could talk about, right? Yeah. So I, I wanted to bring you on primarily for um, the fact that you wrote a book on a topic that you and I both have a, an insane passion for, uh, which is coaching wrestling. Uh, but also just so people kind of get to talk to people who are not insanely famous and things like that, just to give some perspective to the livelihood of a quote-unquote average American citizen. So um, why don't you kind of tell us a little, about, a little bit about you. Where, you. where are you from originally? Um, so I grew up in New Jersey, uh, Middlesex County, Old Bridge. Um, so I, I lived there you know, my whole life t- until college. Um, and then after after college, my career sort of just took me out to Mercer County um, because that's where I've been teaching and everything. Um, you know, and in the time that I've been teaching, I started an alternative school in Titusville and then um, to Lawrence, um, which is where you know me from, Lawrence Middle. Um, you know, during that time, I sort of uh, met my wife, had my son, um, continued coaching, and, you know, eventually uh, this past year wrote that book. Um that you mentioned coaching middle school wrestling. Um, shoot, but uh, all, all that time, wherever I was, uh, you know, I don't know how much about wrestling specifically you're going to ask me today, but (laughs) that's been kind of the, I don't know, sort of the core (laughs) underlying foundation of all of it. Every, every story I have somehow goes back to it or connects to it. Um, so, you know, I can't wait to, to share some, some neat anecdotes. (laughs) When uh when did you start wrestling? Uh, sixth grade. So, uh, you know, compared to uh, you know a lot of the athletes we get in Mercer County, you might consider that early or just in time. Um, growing up in Oldbridge, which was they're not they've they've fallen off ship since, but um, growing up in Oldbridge, it was a wrestling town. Um, so when I started in sixth grade in middle school, I was considered you know laid off the porch. There were kids right. that had been wrestling you know since kindergarten. Um, it was a program where you had to beat five or six guys just to make, get a starting spot. I mean, that's how, you know, stacked our lineups and rosters were. Yeah. Um, you know, so to join in sixth grade, you know, with five guys in front of me that had already wrestled, <laughs> like that was considered late. <laughs> <laughs> kind of daunting task there. And, yeah. and pales in comparison to what, at least I know what I deal with. Uh, you know, we have, um, I've coached a rival school for you in East Windsor. And while we've had a lot of kids, it's kind of a, all come and we'll make do from there. How do you deal with uh, your rosters? Do you happen to have cuts or anything like that, or do you just kind of take everybody and? No, no, we, we have to, we have to take everybody um, because the numbers just aren't there. Um, you know, and in my particular school, we only have seventh and eighth grade. Right. Um, the normal middle school is sixth through eighth, so even just that one grade less. Um, you know, really contributes to that much, that many less kids. Um, and the rec program is trying, you know, I never want to speak down on them, but historically we just haven't gotten, you know, kids who know the sport sent up to us from the rec department. Right. Um, you know, so then you're just dealing with maybe a few seventh graders who want to try the sport. And if you're lucky, they learn it and then they're ready to go out and be successful as an eighth grader right. you know and the, the uh, last year we fell off I don't know if you remember maybe the, the for a couple of years there my team was real successful I, I was lucky to have like seven or eight kids in each grade that just bought in they were athletes they, they worked with me year round um, so when they were eighth graders they were ready to you know kind of lead the way and win every match and I, I, I was lucky to have like two groups of kids in a row that um, you know were, were with me like all in like that um, but unfortunately, you know, we're not hope well. Like some of these teams, you know, some of these teams, they can make cuts. They could have those high expectations for their kids. Yeah. Because, you know, if you have 60 kids coming out and, and you cut 20 of them that just aren't cut out for wrestling, <laughs> that, yeah, you still have 40 kids. I, 
I'm lucky to get 15 to come out. <laughs> I can't cut <laughs> anybody because there's, there's more weight classes than kids. Yeah. Before we, uh, we jump too far into our, our respective coaching philosophies, um, I'm guessing you wrestled all through middle school and through high school and in college or just in? Yeah. Um, so I did wrestle in middle school, high school, and then college. Um, my college career was a little flaky. I, I did it. I did finish out with a winning record in college, but I took a year and a half off. Um, like half a sophomore year, I actually quit uh, through junior year um, to focus really on getting my GPA up, keeping my scholarship because it was academic. Got it. Um, and really, I, I had to get into student teaching and stuff. So uh, my college career was really freshman year, and then uh, I kind of made a little comeback senior year. <laughs> At least you got to do that. I, I didn't have the opportunity uh, for a number of reasons to, to wrestle. I, I was always a mediocre at best wrestler. Um, I think my coach credited my neck strength and my ability to count the tiles on the ceiling <laughs> as uh, some of my strengths. Um, so when you got to Lawrence, how did they, did they know you had a, a background in wrestling to and approach uh, you to coach or did you approach them to coach? Yeah, so I, I absolutely brought it up in my job interview. Um, not that it helped me get the teaching job, but it was just something to bring up, you know, that I, I'm willing to, you know, get involved with the school in other ways. Um, s since I'm mentioning it, when I got hired to work at the alternative school where I, my, I started my career, uh, the principal, when he called me and told me I was hired, he actually said straight up, um, we don't care about your language arts background. We're hiring you because you're a wrestler. <laughs> now, they didn't have sports at the alternative school, um, but it was a behavior school. There was, you know, fights and things of that nature. Right. Um, so he was like flat out honest, like, you know, I know you're a tough guy and a hardworking guy, and that's why I'm hiring you. Um, <laughs> so it, it actually got me my first teaching job. Um, and then for Lawrence, it was just something extra I mentioned. And the stars really just aligned. Um they only had one paid position, and there had been a gentleman there for quite some years. Um, and his doctor told him he was just he shouldn't be on the mat anymore. He had some heart conditions. Right. So a week before the season started, I was going to be volunteering anyway, um, and he kind of just passed the torch, and I got the, I got the spot. Nice. I mean, not not good for him, but you know, sad to see somebody yeah. have a legacy and kind of have to bow out and not necessarily on their own terms. Yeah, but. no, he's he's a great guy, and he. Um, I remember he would still come to matches for the first few years I was there. He loved to just you know see what I was doing with the program, and uh, you know there was no hard feelings between us. He he has a restaurant now. He's doing other things with himself. So that's good that he's you know at least still happy. What yeah. um what brought you to teaching? Why why did you want to become a teacher? Um, so I actually have a lot of passion for uh, writing in particular. I've always wanted to put out books. Um, so that's why I chose language arts. But teaching in general, I think I knew from a very early age, maybe seventh or eighth grade when I got good at wrestling, um, that I just wanted to be on the mat forever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, like if, if being in the school system and being a teacher was the, was the way to become a coach, I think that's kind of why I had my eye on that career path. Yeah, it's it, it, clearly you you fell in love with wrestling a similar way I did. I mean, my brother was a few years older than me, and growing up, it was the wrestling we knew is you know the old WWF stuff and mm -hmm. power bombs and all that, or power slams and things like that. And my brother started wrestling in sixth grade, and that's kind of what I thought it was kind of going to be about. Um, you know, <laughs> an ignorant little you know third grader at the time, and then finding out really what it was, and just the growth that I experienced as a wrestler from sixth to eighth grade, you know, obviously a lot of it has to do with the coach that you have. And I had to happen to have a very awesome coach. Um, who's very passionate about it, very knowledgeable. Um, what about wrestling really kind of sucked you in, I guess. Uh, it was, I, at first it was the challenge of it. I, I think I, it was really humbling in sixth grade, you know, when I didn't make the starting lineup and I, I saw how good some kids were. Um, but when I started, there was a sense. I knew my dad wrestled in high school, and he always kind of told me he, you know, wanted me to try it out. Um, so, so I had it in my head that I was going to do it. And then when I wasn't good at it yet, it, it really bugged me. Um, I was a kid who, like, in the neighborhood, I needed to, like, like, I needed to win every schoolyard football game. I was, like, very, I was very competitive, you know, and in my head I was, I hung out with all the older kids in the neighborhood because I had an older sister. 
um, who kind of, I guess, had me introduced to all the older kids. So in my head, I was really tough for my age, and I just expected to go out there and prove it on the mat. And when right. I didn't, <laughs> when I didn't, I think I just, I don't know, it in a way, it just stuck with me. Um, you know, I don't know if it was an ego thing where it was like, no, I need to get good at this. Um, but then it was like, I remember there was all these opportunities. I just, I like the idea that you could train and get better. Um, like I, I would go to the police station. There was this guy, Phil Sanford, who used to run these like random practices in the off season. Um, you know, I would watch the Rocky movies and then go for runs. <laughs> and then suddenly in, se- suddenly in seventh grade, I, you know, hit puberty, thinned out a little bit. Um, and I'm certainly it was doing some of these extra things that other kids weren't doing. And, you know, suddenly I kind of was on top and I was like, Oh, this is, you know, this is great. <laughs> One place to be when you're on top. Yeah. Everybody's looking I, I, also, you. I was very blessed. I was very blessed with, um, I mean, I had some good coaches too, but, uh, I was blessed with teammates. Um, there was always, you know, I have so many stories from my athletes about certain kids and certain big names. And they're like, how did you run into all these, you know, all these state champs, all these, all Americans. And I'm, I just, it was, I was very blessed in my career to always have practice partners or teammates that were just high level. So I, I was always in the room picking things up right everywhere. That's kind of a, a theory that I kind of try and throw out to the kids that I coach. It's, you know, you can only get better by wrestling people better than you. You can't be afraid to wrestle anybody because if you, the instant you're afraid to wrestle somebody because you know the amount of experience they have, you're already kind of taking yourself out of the match. Mm-hmm. And the more exposure you get to people who are better than you to different things, the the more you're going to pick up and the, the better and more fluid you'll be. Yeah, it is. It is certainly a combination. Um, if you get beat up all the time by good partners, I feel like you never get to sort of open up and find your own style and offense. Very true. Um, so there is there is sort of a balance there. There was there was one year in high school, my sophomore year. Um, it was just an awful season for me overall. And there were some other contributing factors. I was kind of up in weight where I shouldn't have been, whatever. But I, I remember that year, my teammate, um, who was second in the state, just awesome, awesome wrestler. Um, I remember being so just tentative and scared getting beat up every day by him that it seemed like when I would go out in matches, I didn't have I didn't have an offense of my own. I could I could keep a match close with anybody, right? but I wasn't beating anybody because I was like not confident with my own moves. Does that make sense? Makes perfect. For me, it makes perfect sense. Um, you're playing more defense as opposed to being the offense, like you said. And, yeah. And, that, and that's understandable. And that's why, at least in my room, I, I always have my kids wrestle a bunch of different people, like as many people they can within that weight in their close to their weight group. So they get mm-hmm. that exposure to different people. They get to people that are better than them. They get to people that are not as good as them. And it kind of forms that nice balance of, of not always being beaten up, so to speak, by the good kids, um, and right. not always, you know, beating up on the kids that are not as good as them. So it, it provides right. a nice balance for them, and I think that's provides a lot of growth for them. Yeah, yeah, it needs to be all the ways. I know there was that one chapter in the book where I talked about like, well, you know, if you if that fourth string kid quits, then the third string kid has no one to beat up on and get better. Right. And then he, and then if, and then if he's the worst one and quits, now the second string kid has no one to beat up on and get better. And it's just. It's an amazing, it's an amazing chain how everybody really does get everybody better <laughs> in a wrestling room. I wholeheartedly um, agree, and that's what's tough. I think since I've been at Lawrence, it's always just my goal has always just been like I want this to be that kind of program where a kid comes in and he's got really good teammates to learn from because I was blessed with that. Um, and it's just tough, you know, without the numbers to just like to get that momentum and have right. it really become that I've, this year, especially all progress halted. Yeah. No I'm, season I'm a feeling a little year. lost, <laughs> not having a season to coach this year. I'm definitely feeling a little lost and it's, you know, kind of missing like a part of my soul. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's this web and I, anybody that's not exposed to wrestling or doesn't understand it, um, at least what it is to be in a practice room. There's a camaraderie that, that I've not found in any other place. There's a bond that is kind of formed because you're kind of forging each other through fire, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, to your, your testament to having good teammates, it's it's good to have kids that are really good technical wrestlers that understand that process a little better. 
where they're not always going to go out and, and beat up on somebody. They're going to kind of give them some openings and kind of work with them, say, look, I'm going to do this. This is how you can counter that. And it helps, you know, yeah. almost helping the coaches and helping the kids develop. And I've been fortunate yeah. to have a few kids like that. Yeah, and that's a, I mean, that's an amazing, it's an amazing maturity um, that I can't imagine a kid developing in any other sport when you think about that, like that they're going to hold back and almost play coach with their partner. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know. And, and I guess I'm just not as big into team sports, but I can't picture an eighth grade quarterback, you know, going over and, and showing his uh, second string, the, the footwork, right. you know, the way that, uh, the, you know, the way when I was in sixth grade to kind of go back to how blessed I was, our eighth grade team captain, his name is Travis Blasco. Um, he was like a kid state champ every year, huge, big time wrestler. Uh, of course, he was my weight class. That's why I didn't start <laughs> as a sixth grader. Um, but just to put it in perspective who he was, how good he was, he he got recruited to wrestle at Blair Academy. So he never went to Old Bridge High School. And he was a four-time national prep champ at Blair that, through high school. That speaks, again, so, for so people. So, like, my first year, <laughs> my first year wrestling, that's who I got beat up by every day. But he's the kid you're talking about. I never felt like he was hurting me. I never even felt like he dominated me, you know? And I think, I think at the time I was gaining confidence, like, Oh yeah, I'm getting close to Travis Blasco. Looking back, I'm sure as you're saying, he was just going easy to kind of <laughs> give me some openings. Um, but, but it worked, you know, like seventh grade, I was coming in as that kid who was, you know, ready to beat up everybody in the league and stuff. So I always compare, in my opinion, the two best sports are, wrestling and ice hockey and it's because they're at least when you look at the nhl most of the players for the by and large are they're very humble they're very well spoken they're very you know it's it's not i didn't play well or this person didn't play well it's you know we as a team didn't play well it's always that team mentality and wrestling Mm. while it is a team sport it's really just a group of individuals with a trying to achieve the same goal and i think that's where you allow for this an insane competitiveness, but this insane camaraderie. You know, you, you can watch two kids go at it and battle for six to seven minutes on a mat, and one ekes out the win, and they're sitting over after the match talking to each other. You know, you don't see that with other sports, and it's one of the things that I think really separates wrestling. It's, it's the the character, the mindset. There, there's so many things, and I can sit here and talk for hours on it on end um yeah yeah the the yeah the the post-match thing i mean i've run into the guys that you know they i don't know maybe they're they just approach it in an angry way where it's like oh my opponents are my my enemies you know they it's like they don't want to be friendly with you maybe that maybe that makes them feel like they can't go all out if they're your friend or something so i think those kids are out there um yeah but for but for the most part i've um at least I put myself out there as somebody who could talk after the match. You know, if you beat me, I, <laughs> I want to learn something. Right. I want to um, know what you did. And, and vice versa. If I beat you, um, I, I, I also had a really hard father. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was one of those wrestling dads who, you know, you felt bad if, when you went home, if you lost <laughs> hearing about <laughs> it. So I, I think in my head also, you know, if I beat you, I don't want you to be miserable. I don't want your dad down, like getting down your throat. Like, I, I want to make you feel good or show you something. You know, I want to be nice after I beat you. Right. In the same way that I'd hope to get that. <laughs> yeah. I've, my first three years of coaching, at least for wrestling, um, I've had the unique experience of, of actually coaching my son. Um, and I try to ride that line between being hard with everybody the same way as a coach needs to be to kind of get them motivated to get them to what they need to do but not ride him too much harder than I ride everybody mm-hmm. else. Um, and my that's kind of my philosophy. Like my wife and I agreed that when our kids are born, that we want them to do things. We want them exposed to things, but we're not going to force them into anything. Right. And, you know, my kid tried football, tried hockey. He just happened to <laughs> fall into things that I enjoyed. So I kind of just jumped into the coaching role for those things. My coaching uh, road was a little different than yours. Um, cause I wasn't a teacher. I was a police officer for a while and around the time that I was forced to retire, I kind of was looking for something to do. And 
you know, kind of like you, the stars aligned, and I was coaching uh, wrestling in the next year or so. so. Yeah, I remember a few years ago, um, you know, meeting you and just, uh, I know you were getting into the coaching game late, but I could see the passion was there <laughs> already. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those, like I said, it's that sport that there, there's so many things and so many positive benefits that it has and, and on people. And you can see it through the, the kids that you coach. You can see how they progress through the years that you have them and then excelling now. I mean, there was a couple of kids in my first year who were really, really good wrestlers in middle school. And now they're wrestling for the high school. And last year they made states as sophomores. Um, and they're, you know, this year's obviously throwing a wrinkle into things, so we're not sure what's going to go on. But um, Yeah, they, they, they should. There supposedly is going to be a postseason. I know it's getting announced soon. Yeah. For the high school kids, so but that's great. They're already having success at a yeah, you know, as an underclassman. What um, what are some of the other, I guess, long lasting ways that wrestling's impact your life? Um, aside with everything, <laughs> aside with everything, all of it. Um, can I can I share a story? It's a little it's a little sappy, but to me, it's, I guess it just shows <laughs> how much it is my life. Absolutely. Um, so. Um, after college, I, I had done like a few open tournaments, um, like the Mawas is one every year where they have like an open division, um, and you could you know go qualify for the Eastern Nationals, which is kind of this um, knockoff national tournament, so to speak. Um, so I would I would compete in open still after after college for a little bit because I just you know I didn't wasn't ready to give up the sport um, and competing. Um, but a few years later, I hadn't. So let's say from age 23 to 26, I haven't competed. I've only coached. Um, certainly not in wrestling shape anymore. And um, so I remember at the time, I was coaching some some of our middle school kids at the uh, middle school state tournament. They had qualified, and it's right here in Trenton. Um, so I'm there, and I run into my ex-girlfriend's uncle because his kids um, had gotten into wrestling through me and now they were middle school age and they were at the States. Um, so I talked to him, but you know, it was casual. Didn't even mention, didn't even mention his niece. We just talked. I talked to his kids, you know, who are now wrestling. Um, and then when I got home, I'm thinking about my ex-girlfriend and I said, you know what, maybe I should text her. And then I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, that night I'm researching open tournaments and the Mawa, tournament down in South Jersey is coming up in a month. And I told myself, if I win that tournament, I get to text my ex-girlfriend, Nicole. <laughs> All right. So it was a little deal I made with myself. Um, now I had gone to open tournaments totally out of shape as a lot of post-college guys do. It's kind of funny to just show up out of shape and see how you do. Um, but for this one, right. Cause I, I wrote it down. If I win this tournament, <laughs> I get to I get to reach out to Nicole. Um, so for this tournament, I literally went back into like senior year of high school mode, um, and I trained three times a day every day for a month. Um, so I used to have this thing called tournament karma, where I had to do three <laughs> workouts a day leading up to a tournament, and I would win it. <laughs> um, so I was running before work, teaching all day, um, getting home, doing like a body weight thing, and then going to the gym where I coached. And doing like a wrestling workout at night. And I did it every day for a month straight. I go to this tournament and I just, I tech fall everybody. I dominate it. I get, take first place and I'm driving home and I go to myself, I'm not really going to reach out to Nicole. That's freaking crazy. You know, I'm, it just motivated me. I'm happy I won. Right. The next day I go to work, my phone buzzes and she had texted me. <laughs> um, and so that's, she's my wife now. So we reacquainted. Uh, just about when she texted me, um, we made our son and got married just that same year. Um, so yeah, she's through the wall in the other room right now and our boy is going to be three. Um, so I, I credit that kind of me coming back out of retirement wrestling and it just felt like it was, <laughs> it was in the air. <laughs> that's awesome. That's uh that's, you know, you, yeah, you were kind of wrote your own karma there. That that that's an awesome story. I like that. I like I like the the sappy stuff like that. Yeah, I'm guessing she. Supports... Yeah, I just remember it was wild. She like I, I I retell it and she like she doesn't believe it sometimes. And I'm like, you were part of this. Like, don't <laughs> like let me have this. Like seriously, yeah. I was. I remember that like the conversation in my head. Like, I'm like, 
you know, you, you know, at the wrestling tournament, you're kind of banged up. You bit your tongue. Like there's just 10 different aches going on in you. Yeah. And I just remember that ride home, just kind of hurting, proud of myself for winning. And also just being like, no, you can't call her. <laughs> and then I remember teaching and I kind of peeked at my phone and saw her name. And I, and I said like, holy crap, everything's about to change. I just kind of, <laughs> it was just like, it was just meant to be. It was wild. Clearly. Yeah. I, I mean, not on that anywhere near that on that par, but similar parallels there. I mean, my wife and I, we kind of dated a little bit and then kind of separated for about a year. And once she texted me on the way back from a, a, ride, a trip I was on with friends, it was just everything fell into place from there. And we've been together for crap, <laughs> 20, <laughs> 21 years now. 22. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. It's definitely yeah, on par. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to see that, stars align for people that way and and go in that direction yeah is she I, supportive I, of you uh um, yeah, now it's a dumb question wrestling but, coaching yeah you mean or uh, yeah. supporting uh of coaching yes yeah um no she knows that i love the sport um i think it's been nice this winter especially because we're uh moving and stuff it's been better than i'm home this year right um but in years past it was never an issue you know it's just yeah his days are longer you know instead of being home at three after school he's home after five after practice that's you know that's just how the winter goes um she's always been great about that and then um i've always as little side jobs i coach like i I usually coach wrestling at like different mma gyms and stuff um where they primarily practice jujitsu but i'll do like wrestling classes um so even like once a week i'll go and do that somewhere and, and she's cool with that too i think she just uh she knows that I need my mat time. It's kind of my <laughs> physical outlet and right. just something that's near and dear. So, so I'm lucky that she's, you know, it's a way for you to decompress. Right. Yeah. My, my trip to coaching and, and I guess wrestling career is vastly different than yours. Um, like I said before, I was mediocre at best. I wrestled for six years. My senior year, I was kind of stupid and allowed somebody to kind of dictate my actions and, like the only regret of my entire life. And then after high school, I wrestled in some grappling tournaments, um, not wrestling, but submission wrestling. Um, right. Like more like uh, jujitsu type. Yeah. Uh, you know, rap grown for submissions, not necessarily pins or anything like that. And cool. again, moderate success. If you want to call it that, I, like I said, it was average, but I just, I, I love the competition. I love rolling. There, there's something about the, perseverance that you need the the being comfortable and the uncomfortable there's just so much that i can sit here and gush on about what wrestling has done for me on a mental level Um, yeah and i I think it's such a it's such a great opportunity to kind of put yourself out there and it but the stakes aren't that high but it feels like they are (laughs) because the adrenaline of it um i one thing I could go on about forever is, you know, comparing wrestling to jujitsu. A lot of people like to do that now <laughs> or, um, or even just to MMA in general. Yeah. Um, and I don't want this to turn into a form about that. But, um, one thing I always say, like, especially at these gyms where I'll coach wrestling and there's like fighters and stuff, they're like, Oh, you're such a good wrestler. You, you'd make an amazing fighter. I'm like, I don't want to get punched in the face. <laughs> I just don't. Um, and I, you know, that makes me sound like a wuss. Fine. I literally just don't want to get punched in the face and I'm not embarrassed to admit it. And I always say like, you know, wrestling is so that we could simulate fights without actually fighting. Right. <laughs> like right. we get, like we get to, ex- we get to try to exterminate. We could, uh, you know, exert our dominance over one another without actually striking or leaving black eyes. And right. to me, that's, <laughs> it's Although... like the best of both worlds. You know, as, like I said, as a kid, I think I, I wanted to prove to myself I was the toughest one in the neighborhood or the toughest one in the grade. Um, I wanted that, but I didn't want to get in a fight. I didn't want to get in trouble, you know, and it was the best way to kind of get that feeling without. Right. And, and there's a grit that wrestlers have, you know, this, this, this grind, like they, they beat themselves up in practice to wrestle for, you know, a few minutes on a mat in front of a large group of people. And, and there's something to be said that you really can't articulate. And at least I haven't been able to find the right words to really properly articulate it of being on the mat and having the entire crowd cheering for just you. 
having your whole team cheering for just you. It's 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 a, just a phenomenal feeling. And you know, my might have been my first year. There was a kid we had, little scrawny kid. He had a heart of gold. He practiced his ass off, and he went out and he dominated this kid. And his first match, and he got a pin. And I was so freaking elated for him. It was just like the whole place erupted. They they knew that he'd went out and he kind of got the the map wipe with him a few times. And the one mat match he went out there and he the kid hung out really well and he just managed like split second, caught the kid off balance and pinned him and the whole place just went nuts. I mean, I, it was the only time that I've ever lifted a kid off the ground in in celebration and <laughs> cheering for him. Yeah, it's such a, it's yeah, it's a powerful moment. So the the way that some kids can get an opportunity in wrestling is it makes it the best. It's it really is. It's, it's a growth. And that's, that's where, what I kind of really get out of it. It's not so much coaching them. You know, I'm, I'm in a power position, a position of power, so to speak over them. It's, it's watching these kids grow from being relatively timid and lacking confidence to kind of walking with a little bit of a strut and a little bit of swagger that they, there's a little confidence in them that they, they know that they, they can deal with anything. And then, one thing I always tell the kids is once you've wrestled, life is, gets easier. Um, it, it's just what it does mentally, what it does physically for you. You, know, you get used to working through adversity. It's The other thing I don't yeah. think people understand is, is how much of a, a mental game wrestling really is. Yeah, it's, it, I, it's hard for me. So I have memories before sixth grade, right? I started wrestling in sixth grade. I could remember, you know, playing little league i could remember certain teachers i i have images in my head of life before sixth grade but i cannot for the life of me think of what my mentality was before sixth grade um because it's you know, it's hard to picture life not as a wrestler at right. this point um you know with what you're saying just with with the grit and sort of the mental toughness that that we develop i i, I like i cringe thinking of like what it would be like to approach some of the things I go through <laughs> not having wrestling like in the back of my head yeah <laughs> like not ready to just jump into my stance and shred through it how much of an impact do you think that as a coach we have on the kids that we coach for some kids more than others <laughs> I think it varies agreed um but you know and that's tough they some buy in some don't but it's certainly life-changing for some of them if you're you know if you're modeling that that toughness and that grit and it's something they've never seen before because they haven't been on a wrestling mat um you know that's an eye-opening thing you know like i have kids where it's like i'm like yeah well if you want to be stronger why don't you you know why'd you wait till practice today why don't you do some push-ups last night in your room and, and their eyes like pop open like they never thought about the fact that they're allowed to do something for themselves like right. on their own. And I just, you know, for me to just, um, to be someone who opens their mind and makes them think more as an individual. Um, you know, I know there's ones that I have, you know, kind of changed their lives, you know, um, maybe some, it is an obsession towards wrestling. And for some, it's just like, Oh no, maybe I'm not into wrestling, but you know, that the way that Mr. Justy is always talking about, you know, putting extra time in, not just waiting for your teacher to tell you this, but also to do this, if they apply that to something else, you know, learning how to code on the computer, whatever it is, um, they can get miles ahead. Yeah. So, so, so I think for the kids that just buy into your philosophy and mindset, it could be life changing, you know, for the ones that just kind of, I, I agree. Are a little sluggish through it and they maybe decide they don't like it. You know, it doesn't change everyone's life. <laughs> I agree. I think that the way that we position ourselves, the, the words that we use in certain times, um, you know, I, I have always pressed on my kids, you know, academics before athletics, but understand there's no real stupid wrestlers. Um, you know, a lot of people look at wrestlers who are, you know, really good physical shape and they just think they're just, you know, dumb muscle bags and, what people don't understand is with wrestling, you need to kind of have this tree. It, it's, it's, it's physical chess. And I know that that's been used to describe jujitsu, but 
it works perfectly for wrestling as well because you need to go in with a game plan of, all right, this is the move I'm going to try and hit first. But if he counters this way, I'm going to counter with that. If he counters this way, I'm going to counter with that. And you've kind of got to go. It's just this ever-growing, branching-out tree of, of maneuvers. And yeah, almost like a, uh, like a flow chart yeah. kind of laying out your moves. And, and kind of teaching kids that, you know, that kind of parallels life in a number of ways that, you know, you go with the game plan, but just understand if you look, if you plan properly, you can anticipate some of the possible pitfalls and, and navigate through them in a different way than going unprepared. Right. Yeah. So even your, even your backup plans are still plans, right? They're, they're way. actual fleshed out plans. Yeah. I love that. What, um, what are some of your, your more memorable experiences as a coach? As a coach, um, shoot, there's, there's been a lot. I mean, I, I can think of individual um, kids like um, Roman, who's um, – so I don't know if like two years ago, I guess, Roman was an eighth grader. Um, and he won, you know, he won our Mercer League. He right. went to the middle school states and took third, and he actually got recruited by Blair. Um, so nice. he's at Blair now as a 10th grader. He's not starting there yet. You know, they're – number one team in the country yeah <laughs> um but 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 he's in the room with the best kids in the country and i'm um for me that was a full circle moment as i mentioned to you before um my my teammate my eighth grade captain when i started wrestling got recruited to blair um and he probably would have been old bridge high school's best wrestler ever right. had he not gone to blair um so for me to have a kid and again, like my job at the middle school is to send, you know, build a foundation for the high school coach, right? Right. <laughs> so Roman, Roman was that kid. He might have been Lawrence's <laughs> most successful wrestler ever, <laughs> but he was kind of like past that point Too good. <laughs> where Blair scooped him up instead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry guys, <laughs> Blair got him. He's, you don't get him. <laughs> at the um, but but that was such. But uh, again, it stinks for us, but for him. Um, yeah, just thinking of that opportunity and how excited he was to to be up there with those guys. Yeah. Um, that that was a really cool moment when I think of an individual kid. Um, when I think about the team, those couple of years, um, I think we came in, I guess, second in the league. Um, but it was right after I started at Lawrence. My our first year, it was we were like two and ten, and I was like, man, this you know this this. This program needs a lot of work, I guess. And within a year or two, we, we got to like a point where we're winning most of our matches and second in the league. And I just remember as a team, um, it, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, we got a second place trophy. That's awesome. It was just to think that like, okay, people see that this program's coming back. Right. Um, and, you know, for that vision I had, like I would always reference Old Bridge. Um, like the kids know that's where I'm from and that's where – I wrestled and, and that's kind of just what I use as like my, you know, this is what we got to do. Um, you know, kind of just a comparison to sort of raise the bar for us. It's your base. Um, yeah. But I guess when I saw that success for two years in a row, it felt like that. It was like, you know what, we're, we're getting to that point where we have, you know, we have enough kids coming back every year where we're still powerful and the kids coming in are learning from the kids that are already hearing good. Right. Um, you know, so we had some momentum, and then it was like, yeah, one down year, and now COVID, <laughs> and I think I'm gonna, I think it's gonna take me another year or two to to make that happen again. Um, but again, when it did, it felt, it, it was honestly, it was like, uh, you know, and I know you'd say mediocre, you were mediocre, but we all had our ups and downs in this sport. Um, you know, anytime that you earned something as an athlete, right? It was accomplished. It it was all that work that you put in that made it feel great. Right. And I have to say, like, as a coach, it, it kind of felt the same, you know, not, not as physically exhausting, you know, I'm not the one out there training three times a day. <laughs> um, but, you know, getting home late every day and putting that time into your roster, you know, on days of matches, I'm there in the morning, so the kids can make sure they're on weight. Like I, I, I invest my time. Like as an athlete, I wanted to invest more t time than my opponents. You know, as a coach those couple of years, I felt like I was really like, you know, if you could put in all your energy as a coach, I was doing that. So it just felt like, man, this is, we're getting payoff, you know. Right. And I, I remember feeling it as as accomplished as, a, as, a, as an athlete in that way. Yeah, I've, I'm in a slightly different position than you because my school has 
who's the school that I coach at, has sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So we've got three grades to pull from. And I've been very, very fortunate that we've had a large number of kids come out and enjoy it. You know, yeah. a couple of kids have flat out told me that it was because of me that they came out. Um, right. I mean, and you could say fortune, but I know you're putting <laughs> you're putting that in too. You yeah. know, like the, the success you guys had last season um, reminded me of my team the two years before that when I felt like we were the, you know, that come up program. Um, you know what I mean? And I see, I see your town parallel yeah. in that way. We, uh, we were so close to second place. <laughs> it was so close, but, uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate now that we've got a couple guys that, you know, they're Heightstown high school alums. Um, some of the best wrestlers that ever came through Heightstown and they started the feeder program. So now I'll hopefully, if I, if I can keep on coaching, I'll have the kids that, you know, started in, you know, eight, nine years old and, Right, kind of came up a little school, bit. They have a clue the sport already. Right, and that's always the way I've I've seen my position as as the middle school coach. It's, you know, give them the base foundation. Don't try and make them flashy. Just give them a base understanding and and, and prep them for the high school coach. So he doesn't have to. He all he has to worry about doing is polishing. Um, and I think that there's going to be one of the kids that wrestled last year uh, as an eighth grader, possibly wrestling freshman this year, which is a huge thing. Um, because our mm-hmm. high school coach, I mean, I wrestled with him when I was in high school. He was a phenomenal wrestler. He's done phenomenal things with the program in and of itself. Um, so I was kind of excited to hear that one of one of my freshman kids might start varsity for him. Right. But, uh, so that's that's an awesome thing. So you know that they're they're getting as ready as you can get yeah. them at that level. So let's uh, let's jump into your book. What what was the kind of the the genesis of writing that? Um. So coaching middle school wrestling, right? It was, I mean, shoot, it's, it's what I've been doing the last few years. You know, it's what I put my time into, you know, outside of my career of teaching. Um, it's my passion. Yeah. And this year in particular, um, you know, as you said, there's kind of this, this void, uh, without wrestling. So a big part of it for me was just, um, you know, since I'm not doing it this year, I could at least you know, kind of get down all of my ideas. Um, you know, the things that I usually do, I could at least talk about them right through this book and, and, and write them down. Um, you know, of course, uh, you know, the, the back of my mind, there's always the, uh, you know, well, getting eBooks out there is right. One way to get some extra income in a way, right. not that, not that this is profitable, <laughs> right? Even if, even if every middle school coach bought it, that's not, you know, <laughs> as far as, dollars goes you know every middle school coach in the country is still only a few thousand so <laughs> we're not talking like this book would ever get me rich or anything um but as i said as as someone who writes i always love the idea of getting books out there um and just having having all the energy that i usually would put towards wrestling um it just seemed fitting to you know to write a book on it this year <laughs> got it what uh what other things do you normally write um so in college, I actually had a little book of poetry published. Um, I always liked doing littler, littler things, song lyrics, um, poems, and uh, short stories. I, I've just recently been trying to get into like writing like full-length novels um, <laughs> because that's where the money is. Right. <laughs> um, and I, I like. Uh, I'm kind of a nerd in this way. I don't. I typically. I, I do write about wrestling sometimes. Um, but with trying to write like a full-length novel, I'm more of like a sci-fi dystopia type nerd. Got it. <laughs> um, you know, thinking about the future and how crazy society's getting, <laughs> reliance <laughs> on technology, all that stuff. Things that I think wrestling could combat if we're going to try to bridge the gap there. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for this, it was actually my first stab at like nonfiction. Got it. But I was like, this is, this is easy for me to write about it because I could talk about it all day. The the more I, I talk to you, either when we're trying to prep for matches or or now, you know, we, we have a lot of parallels. We, we both enjoy wrestling. We both enjoy coaching. We, we both write. Um, I don't think I'm nearly as eloquent of a writer as you are, but um, you know, the book itself, it, it's detailed. It's I think it's great for somebody who is just stepping into wrestling who may have been a wrestler, even if they're not a wrestler, but just, just to give them a basis of, of how to prep things, how to plan things, how to kind of go about their season 
there's some good philosophical points, you know, wrestling philosophical points that you, you've expressed in there. Um, I mean, it may not be a thick book. It might not be a big book, but I think it's full of a ton of useful knowledge um, for for coaches. It's, it's a great book. Thank you. I, I intended for it to be like really like just tangible stuff. Um, you know, I'm on Twitter and stuff. I, I see all like the, I see all like the filler and vague, like, you know, motivational quotes and stuff like that. Um, like all the time. And I just feel like everyone's just recycling these like old proverbs and motivational quotes, <laughs> you know, whether it's by Dan Gable or whoever, but they don't really give you anything. Right. Um, and that's why I wanted this book to literally be like, no, here's what you do <laughs> and like give very literal, tangible things. Um, you know, even as a teacher, if, I, if we go to PD, sometimes I feel like they just remind us we're supposed like it'll be two hours and I'm just I'm just reminded that I'm supposed to love students and be there for the students. And I'm like, but you didn't show me any strategies for teaching. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm literal in that sense. Yeah. If, you, if you tell me it's a workshop, I want to I want to walk away like, OK, I'm going to I can do this, this and this now. Right. Um, and that was with my book. I was, it's called 18 Power Moves because like literally each of the 18 chapters is like here's something else you need to do as a coach. Here's something else you need to do as a coach. Uh, I think I, I think I picture, I, I think I picture someone like myself who, you know, maybe has wrestled, but they never coached. And now it's like, well, guess what? You probably didn't think of it, but this is something you need to do as a coach. You know, you right. can't just show up as a good wrestler. You need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. And even after the season, don't forget, you have to do this. Right. Um, so, you know, I think that's why if you're saying you just felt like there was, a lot of information in 50 pages. It's because like I was, you know, I, I was not going to give you the old Dan Gable proverb. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to tell you literally, this is what you should do yeah, as a coach. I, I think that the, the quotes that we see all the time are great for motivation, but having words on a page of detailing how to go about doing something, how, how to set up your roster, you know, how to kind of critique the kids and figure out who's going to be your starter and who's not. Um, just, just everything that you, you really detailed from a, a coaching perspective. Because as you said, you can have somebody who's a phenomenal technical wrestler, but they don't have the ability to break down and articulate and instruct what they do and what makes them so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could think of plenty of teammates. Again, I said I was blessed. A lot of you know state placers, All-Americans, and everything that I've been in the room with. Um, I could think of one in particular. Um he was a state placer in high school on my team, and then he was uh, second in the country for uh, in D2 college. Um, and I just remember in high school when he was my teammate, I was like, man, what? how do you set up that single leg? He had just had this big matchup um, with this other really good kid, and our my teammate tech-falled him. Um, like, it was supposed to be, like, the two best guys in the area, and my teammate tech-falled him, just took him down at will. Right. So I was like, man, what makes your single so good? I, like, I wanted to just pick his brain. He did. So, and he goes, uh, his legs there. I just kind of grab it. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's it's a muscle like, memory over why. actual memory. Right. So and like, it's just a perfect example that like, if he went to coach you or teach you, he couldn't even teach you his single leg, right. you know, because he can't explain it. He was just a freakish athlete who could do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like being able to analyze part by part and break it down and break it down for somebody else. Right. Um, the whole different animal. Yeah. What was, uh, what was your go-to takedown? Me, um, a boot scoot, which is kind of a variation of a duck under. Got it. Um, it, it almost looks like I'm sitting to my butt, but since the opponent's leaning on you, they kind of fall flat on their face. Nice. <laughs> Um, I, I, it's, it's kind of a move that I don't, I wouldn't show middle schoolers. Right. Um, at least the ones that are, you know, that we're getting that are kind of new to the sport. Um, so you, you wouldn't see it from my team, even though that's my favorite move. <laughs> um, but I have plenty of clips. I, I, I could show you sometime. It, it, it is a little fancy looking. Um, but it was my go-to because everybody, ties up everybody pushes forward and kind of leans into you right um so that was just kind of a philosophical thing i picked up from um, my wrestling club you know um you, you just have to break down your opponent's stance you know and if they're leaning on you or locking up that means their weight is forward right um so this duck under type technique pretty much worked 
I would say for 90% of guys, you know, the, the elite guys weren't going to make the mistake at least more than once. Right. Um, <laughs> but I had matches where I'd hit it. And then when we were back on our feet, the guy was locking up, tying up again and I was hitting it again. <laughs> and <laughs> there's clips where you could see the, co- the, the other guy's coach in the background, like throwing his hands up. Bro, like, you just got hit with this. <laughs> right. Right. But it's like, <laughs> but what, you know, it's tough for guys to fix their technique mid match. Right. You know, um, you know, so unless they figure out like, Oh, he's slipping from underneath me and I'm falling forward. Cause I'm leaning forward when I tie up with it. Like, no one's going to think that during the match. <laughs> right. And I think that's... So it was something that, yeah, you could hit three, four times if it was working. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I think really separates some some wrestlers. So the ones that can go out with a game plan, but immediately throw it in the trash and move on and, and adapt a different wrestling style in the middle of a match. And there are very few people that I've seen that have been able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Switching, switching up mid-match is... Uh, yeah, kind of a different level of adapting. <laughs> really tough. So now's the, the time where I'm going to ask you a handful of absurd and ridiculous questions, which you can either pass or or answer. Um, they're just fun way to kind of break up the levity and have a little fun before we close out. Ready? Cool. Yeah. So the first question, would you rather have live without air conditioning or hot water? Ooh, air conditioning or hot water? That's really tough, man. Um, I'm going to go, I could live without the AC, I'm going to say. Um, there's alternatives, right? Right. <laughs> I agree. I, I, could, I, I can remember my grandpa's house didn't have AC, and I, I remember there was like a fan I would sit in front of. Um, and certainly, you know, cold water, ice, or even a cold shower if it, you were that desperate. Um, but I think that soothingness of hot water, I, I couldn't do without. You, you kind of nailed it with me. I, I agree. I, I can't live without my hot water showers. Yeah. I'll lose my you know, mind. But even after, even after a wrestling practice, if I was overheated, I would still want my shower to be hot. Exactly. Cold shower. Cold shower. People are nuts. I might cold shower for a few seconds to kind of stop myself from sweating, and then it's a nice, relaxing mm, yeah, warm shower to loosen end. up the muscles. Next yeah, question. At the very end, I kind of lower the temperature like that. I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's what I usually used to do is I, I would shower, clean off, and then I would kind of get the slowly turn the water, water colder and colder until it was like ice cold. Um, get yeah. yourself tough. <laughs> Who would you rather have sing at your wedding, Adele or John Legend? John Legend. I don't have much of a reason here, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I'm not an Adele fan. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else can I get. I think I have to go with Adele. I, I just I have this thing for either one would be happy. I'd happy to have there because they both have phenomenal voices. Would you rather always play it safe or be a risk taker? Hmm. That's that's tough to commit to either one because I'm definitely a balance. I'm definitely a little of both. Um, I suppose lately in life I've been a risk taker. You know, even with um. You know, even even with COVID, um, I, I talked to you a little bit about it. I kind of uh, got my family out on this RV trip through the country, um, hiking mountains and, and such, and then um, even buying the house right now when it's not necessarily home buying season. I think we've just been in a mode where we um, are kind of living for now. Right. Um, not spending frivolously, but we're definitely at a point where it's like, no, we just got to like go for what we want. The experiences. Um, yeah, yeah, experiences, and then just like you know, something like buying a house was always financially scary. But like right now, I'm like, well, if not now, then when? You know, right. like I'm either gonna rough it as a renter or rough it, and at least I have a house. You know, so right. I, I yeah, I I don't know. Something clicked, and I don't know if it was COVID or turning thirty and feeling like I'm not a kid anymore. But I just uh, I definitely felt more leaning towards risk taker with most most things. I I agree. I think. Earlier in life, I was more of a, a risk taker. I think still now, I do things that are a little more risky than calculated. But maybe that's what they are. Maybe they're calculated risks. Um, yeah, which is, I think, a good way to balance it. And I think that's where the balance falls in between there. It, it's not just taking a blind risk. It's taking a calculated risk. It's not necessarily taking a risk then um, in some people's eyes, but... You know, like you. Yeah, I, it's yeah, it's yeah. Pre- I mean, yeah, preparation and pre-thought is, you know, how you kind of make the odds in your favor. Right. 
I just think life is about experiences and the more things that you can do, the more you expose yourself to the, the different perspectives and, and different ideals of people. Um, it's really what rounds out people, especially yeah. living a life on, you know, looking up at the counting the ceiling tiles and how many holes are in the ceiling tiles as a restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I mean that, that philosophy there though too. I mean, it, you know, how many, I, I, I love all the times where, you know, a match comes down to the, the last second or a bad call by the ref. And I'm always <laughs> telling my kids, like, I always tell my kids, like, well, if you left it to the last second to a ref's call, you, it's on you, you know, you left, you left it to luck. Right. And I, I think, um, even the word luck, and, you know, I used to use that word tournament karma, Yeah. you know, where if I trained three times a day, every day for the week leading up to the tournament, I'd win it. Like it wasn't really luck at all. It's just the sense of like preparation. It's, it's a sense of focus and preparation where, you know, things have to play out in your favor. If they didn't, it would be a tragedy. Right. Um, you know, like you have to believe that what you did means you're going to that what you you did so much that it, it's not a gamble. Like you are going to win. Right. Um, you know, to the point where you're almost cocky with your luck, because, as you said, it's not really luck at that point. If you've I was I was just thinking it. there's a fine line between confident and cocky. And mm-hmm. I think the, the difference is the amount of preparation that goes into building confidence and the amount of lack of preparation that goes into being cocky. Yeah. Yeah. Cocky sort of just this unearned, like undeserved saying that you're going to do something. Right. <laughs> and confident is, is like knowing, you know, you kind of feel it like, you know, I'm that guy now because I did this, this and this. Right. <laughs> it's, it's coming to me. And there, there's, there's a few things that I always kind of, you know, going back to, the great motivational quotes. It's the things that I throw at my kids are, you know, can worry about what you can control. And the only things that you can really control in a wrestling match is your mindset and your game plan. Everything else is just, it is what it is. And you figure out how to adapt to it. You know, don't worry about who or how big the person is. that's walking across the map to you. Um, You know, go out there, try and execute your game plan as best you can. And there are going to be days where you can, execute a flawless plan and do everything right and just still not get your hand raised and then you learn from it uh the other big thing that i really push for my kids is it's not winning and losing it's winning and learning um mm. because if you can walk off the mat and understand why you didn't get your hand raised it's a learning experience it's not a loss a loss Absolutely. is when you walk off the mat and say well i don't know what i did wrong and get just you know pissed off and, and storm off to, to be able to look back and then go well if i would have did this or this then maybe i would have won it's learning yeah and, and that's and that's technique, um, yeah. That that ability to critique and analyze yourself, um, but in a technical in a technical way, not an emotional way. Right. Um, and and that goes back to like with my book, why I said like I didn't want to just give the the fluff quotes. I wanted to give you tangible things, um, because that was such a turning point for me in my career too. Like you know, losing and having someone tell you like just try harder next time. <laughs> you haven't learned anything, right. you know, but losing and having somebody show you like, look, you put your head on the outside, but when you take a single leg, your head needs to be on the inside. Like that, that little physical technical correction could be the difference of you going out and, and beating that kid that beat you. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so just be, being open to the, to the logical explanation <laughs> for improvement. Right. Is huge. And that's, and that's not, and now and we're not just talking wrestling now. <laughs> but that's the thing that I think a lot of people that don't wrestle don't get is there are so many things that translate from the mat into the extended life mm-hmm. that, you know, how to deal with adversity, how to kind of take criticism and how to look at things to figure out why things didn't fail and, and not look at it as a, as a total loss, but as a, a learning experience and, you know, like right. I said, there's at the beginning, there's, there's so many things that I've taken from, from being wrestling and it's kind of developed me as to who I am now. Um, I, I kind of wish that everybody had to wrestle at some point for certain reasons. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm all about that. That's my dad got into it because they used to wrestle in gym class, <laughs> at least in Old Bridge they did. Right. Um, and he, I, you know, his story was that he was, I guess he was just a physical kid. He was beaten up like one of the varsity wrestlers <laughs> and they were like, yo, you got to come out. Um, <laughs> But I, but I, you know, it's it's hard to picture that now because you know, kids are different. Right. Um. <laughs> but I, I always kind of thought, what a, I mean, it'd be great for programs, but it'd be great for kids too. Even yeah. Just to have a that smallest amount of exposure. There's there's a lot of uh, 
intangibles that kids, just the growth that I've seen in Mike in the kids that I've coached over the last couple of years. It's, it's really, um, it's humbling and it's, it's just phenomenal. Yeah. But, Even uh, the kids I know that like, maybe they were on my middle school team and they didn't wrestle in high school. They have a different, they have a different charisma about them. Uh, and I think even just like the body awareness yeah. that you get, you know, like no other sport do you have to think about each, you know, no, but your right knee is going to go down, but your trail leg comes up. Like, you know, I played other sports. There was never something so technical, um, you know, that you needed to be so aware of like each body part and your positioning. Um, so, so, so there's other, you know, mental but also just physical coordination aspects like agreed if my son doesn't want to wrestle i hope he just does one season to <laughs> learn his learn body that. right there, there's a lot you can learn about what your body's capable of and, and one of the, the i guess ratios or another quotes that i throw out of my kids is you know most people give up at failure at like 60 percent because they think their body doesn't have any lifting left in it but there's 40 percent left that you've never tapped into and that you've never experienced and when you try and tap into that, it's going to open up your eyes to a lot of things. Yeah. So, but I've, yeah, uh, you could suffer through so much more than you think. Yeah. I've, I've stolen a good chunk of your time tonight and, and I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, any, it's fun. Why don't you tell people where they can find your book? Oh, um, so it's actually on Amazon. Um, so it's, uh, kin, uh, it is a Kindle like, ebook and it is also a, there is a hard uh, hard copy you could buy as well. I think it's maybe three bucks for the ebook and eight for the hardcover. Um, again, it is only fifty pages, um, but you know, low low price book and maybe even a coach for other sports if you just want to see kind of the philosophy and the different angles um, that we take. I, I think there is some carryover. Right. Right. If you coach middle school kids in general, you know, you, you'll want to ignore the chapter that's about specific wrestling moves. <laughs> um, but 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 I think there's there's some takeaways for, you know, anyone running athletes. Agreed. And where can they find that at? Um, so honestly, uh, on Amazon.com, you just want to search coaching middle school wrestling, 18 power moves. Got it. Well, I greatly appreciate it. And I greatly appreciate your time in the conversation. And hopefully we'll have a season next year. Yeah, uh, I would love to do this again sometime. Can I? I I've kind of had this burning thought with wrestling. I was hoping to get it out tonight. I didn't get to. Go for it. <laughs> okay. So I think um, you know you were saying you would kind of wish everybody would do it. Um, and I've listened to some of your podcasts. I know it's not necessarily political, but sometimes you kind of go there a little bit. I, I think wrestling ha is almost has the per has the power to kind of bring the right and the left together. I, <laughs> I, I agree. Don't know I don't know if you see both sides of it in our sport, um, but I certainly do. Um, you know, if, uh, one thing I remember my principal fell in love with uh, with my team, and it was those couple of years where we were really successful, um, was the diversity of it. Right. I mean, you had every – you had boys, girls, um, trans, every race. Like, like, I mean, when you talk about an inclusive sport, like our team was like the face of inclusion. Right. Um, you know, so 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 for the for anyone like left wing, I think you just have to love this sport because it it is that opportunity for everybody. Um, and then and then for the right, I mean, it's that it's that classic like you get what you earn sort of mentality. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's why what's so unique and that you see you see the sides come together. Like when you're on Twitter, or, you know, reading about wrestling and, and stuff like that. I it's the only place where I see um, the sides come together um because you you get the best of both worlds you have this di diverse group of people that all that also values hard work and, and like there's no you know th there's no excuses in it right. um you know there's no like oh he's privileged that's why he want like it's just I, I don't know i think it's just pure and fair and hard working for all well you, you nailed it that you know and it again it goes back to we, we talked about there's a ton of quotes and that are motivational that are great but wrestling, you you get what you earn. It doesn't. You don't get mm -hmm. anything. Nothing's handed to you. You get what you earn. If you don't go out there and, and you're one of the most elite wrestlers and you don't go out there and, and work for it, you're not going to win. And that's one of the things that I absolutely love about wrestling is is it teaches kids that if you put the work into something, the and put the effort into it, the result will be there. 
It might not be entirely the result you're looking for, but you're going to get results out of it. You know, I'm, I'm a, I, <laughs> speaking politically and things like that. I, I sit more on the center of things, but I would love to see some of our political issues be hashed out through wrestling because <laughs> then maybe That'd people awesome. would go, maybe I don't have all the answers. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like that idea. I think your your point is 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 right there. It's it absolutely brings people together. Um, with, yeah, with similar and it mindsets. Is for, it, and it is for everybody. You know, there's not there there's not a sense that like it's for this type of person. Agreed. I mean, I've I've had kids of all shapes and sizes, um, male, female, and, and on my team. And I don't care who you are, as long as you're willing to learn, I'm willing to coach you. And that that's kind of the fun thing. Right. So, well, on that note, uh, again, I appreciate your time. I appreciate the knowledge, and it was a it was definitely a great chat. Thank you for having me. I loved it. I'd love to be back sometime. I'll definitely have you back on in the future. All right. Take care, Stay healthy, man. man. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adding Context. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or visit us at addingcontext.com. You can also support our show via Patreon. Send us feedback and show ideas to podcast at addingcontext.com.